his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Three thirty-four. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. It is a Wednesday afternoon. We've got a lot that we are uh, covering this afternoon. The, the, the fallout from the Speaker of the House situation. I, I just think it was, uh, I think it was something that's creating a lot of uh, distraction and difficulty that didn't necessarily have to happen. Uh, so we'll continue chatting about that for sure. Uh, my buddy Tom Leonard is going to be with us at 405. Why? Because Governor Glenn Youngkin, once again, is traveling to Tom Leonard's Farmer's Market in Short Pump to talk about taxes, talk about uh, you, me, everybody getting to keep a couple of extra bucks in our pocket, how it's affecting local businesses like Tom and and his his beautiful store, Tom Leonard's Farmer's Market, uh, and how it's affecting consumers, customers like me. You know, I, I shop there. Heidi and I are there, seems like, all the time, just because we love what they do. And uh, how are we going to see the prices impact? So we'll talk about that at 4.05. Uh, sheriff Mike Chapman, the uh, longtime sheriff up in uh, Loudoun County, was recently selected as the uh, 2023 National Sheriff of the Year by the National Sheriff's Association, which is a huge honor, a major distinction. And I'm happy to say that uh, the sheriff is joining us. Sheriff, thank you for being here. Hey, great to be with you. Uh, I'm, I'm number one. I, I'm thrilled to be able to say congratulations. That is quite an honor, sir. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I was uh, kind of surprised by the award myself. It was uh, such a great honor to receive. So very, very happy about that. Tell me a little bit about what it is that uh, you and your guys are facing in Loudoun. You know, you're just a little bit up the road from us, but you're the biggest sheriff's office in the Commonwealth, and and I, I would imagine you're seeing a lot of uh, criminal activity come out of the district. Well, you know, surprisingly, we're actually doing pretty good. We've got the lowest crime rate of anybody in the uh, area, and in fact, Bloomberg last year had us as the safest county in the nation. Wow. Uh, followed by Douglas, Colorado. Uh, I've never been there, so I don't know where that's at. But, <laughs> but we're doing uh, we're doing something right. I, I see the numbers going up. Certainly, uh, when you look at DC and the the numbers there, and you look at kind of everybody around us, we're still holding pretty steady, and we're we're looking pretty good. And I think a lot of that has to do with our structure. Quite frankly, I mean, the difference is if you look at all the surrounding areas, they pretty much have uh, police chiefs uh, and. Um, the thing that's different about us, uh, being an elected sheriff, is that we report directly to the citizens that we serve. And I think our government structure and the fact that I'm accountable directly to our citizens has a big impact on our, our community engagement and the trust that people have uh, in our agency. So I think it all is very helpful. 
And there was there was a buzz, there was a movement, was there not, that would have, I guess, eliminated the, the sheriff's office in favor of a, a county police department that with an appointed chief? Yeah, there was. There were some members on the Board of Supervisors, uh, the chairwoman uh, in particular, who was uh, pushing for that. Uh, we were able to fight fight that back, and I think that really had a lot to do with probably the award I received from, uh, from the National Sheriff's Association because of the fact that we were protecting the, the uh, constitutional office of the sheriff uh, and the fact that we answered directly to the people that we serve. So uh, that was all about basically, quite frankly, power and control. If you um, if you have a board or you have a chairperson or a mayor or whatever, they're pretty much uh, in control of a of a police chief. And um, and the difference is answering directly to the people uh, has allows every every citizen in this county to really have a direct uh, communication with us uh, rather than reporting. And that way. I report to them. I don't report to anybody that might have a, a particular agenda that they want to push a political agenda. We we answer directly, and I'm accountable to the people that I serve. So I think I think that really has a lot to do with the trust that people have in us because uh, they feel comfortable with us. They know us. We work well with the citizens that we serve. We have many events where there's Child Safety Day, where there are our quarterly meetings that we do with the public. Uh, we just held a, a fentanyl forum with 10 experts from across the board, from uh, from uh, people that are in the medical field to uh, uh, to mental health professionals, to law enforcement professionals, uh, the Drug Enforcement Administration, you name it. We had a mom there that lost her son to a, a fentanyl overdose. So everything that we do is very community-oriented, and I think that's why uh, we're as strong as we are. You know, one of the things that uh, comes up, you mentioned the, uh, the Board of Supervisors. It, it does seem sometimes there's... You know, for want of a better term, there's sort of this this, this leftward tilt for uh, for your board of soups, which doesn't necessarily play well uh, with the idea of, of enforcing the law, keeping the community safe. But you've you've been able to navigate that. Yeah, we have, and sometimes I feel now we have a couple of uh, incumbent constitutional officers. We have the the, the commissioner of the revenue, uh, and we have the the court clerk, uh, um, circuit court clerk. Uh, and and then me. Uh, now now I have the highest profile here, and and consequently I'm usually the biggest target. Right. But the the board is primarily uh, a Democrat. I'm I'm the uh, the Republican uh, that that really has the ability to kind of stand up to a lot of the things that they're doing, and that gives us um, you know it puts a lot of pressure on me personally, but it gives us the ability to. Uh, uh, to fight back on things that if I was a police chief, I wouldn't be able to fight back on. And and so it really, uh, it does help us. And it, it's good for the citizens because, again, they have a voice. Uh, I can take a stand for them and I don't have to basically roll over and do what I'm uh, ordered to do. Like, it's unfortunate. I see, I see so many very talented police chiefs out there, highly educated, very experienced. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, they're, they're being driven uh, by political agendas of the people that they answer to. And, um, and they're not even able to use the skill set that they have. So for me, uh, it's good uh, to be able to, to do that. I've, this is my 46th year in law enforcement, so I've been doing this from uh, state, local, international level with the Drug Enforcement Administration, uh, private sector across the board in so many capacities that it's nice that I'm able to uh, actually apply some of my skill sets here and, uh, and you know help keep our citizens safe. I'm thrilled that you mentioned the uh, the DEA because I wanted to talk a little bit about that. The uh, the the big threat at the moment is obviously uh, this fentanyl that has uh, worked its way into uh, just about every community we chat. 
uh, pretty regularly with the ASAC here at the uh, the Richmond District Office for the DEA, and and you would hope that we weren't a big player in that, but sadly that's one of those areas where we're uh, representing ourselves uh, much higher than we should. Right. It, it's a difficult, difficult issue. Again, there's a political component to it, but but give us a perspective from somebody who was a special agent with the DEA, served as the ASAC out in San Francisco. I mean, you you went right up the ranks, man. You've seen it all. I did, and actually I started my career with DEA in, uh, in 1985, and it was immediately when I got out of the academy assigned to Miami. And if you recall, that was back in the crazy cocaine days where, I mean, it was dangerous. But, you know, what, what was different then than it is now is that the people that were getting killed were, were pretty much the people that were – involved in trafficking. They were trying to get market share, trying to get money. They're trying to do everything they can uh, to make themselves wealthy. Now it's it's uh, the people that are dying from this are actually the users in great numbers. I mean, yeah, obviously people that were dying from overdoses back then, and that was that was uh, the mission was to, to go after the traffickers to stop the spread of the drugs. But now you have fentanyl, which is uh, so easy to uh, now to, to make, uh, to, to fabricate, to make into pills that look like they're pharmaceutically made, to get them over the border, to all, do all these things that, we, that, that, that make it so hard for us to, to control. It's coming over the border. Uh, the border, as you know, is, is pretty wide open, and, and, and the drugs are coming over like, like a sieve. And, and, uh, and, and when you had, like last year, 110,000 people that overdosed with over 70% of them, uh, overdosing and, and dying from fentanyl, and then the year before you had 108,000. So the numbers, as much as the effort is to try to stop this, the numbers continue to go up. So it's it's a sad state of affairs. And when you look at the just the number of people, you figure over 100,000 people. That's more than double the amount of soldiers that died in the Vietnam War over a 10-year period. We're losing that many people to overdoses in a single year, and now you've got two years back to back that are really three because the year before that was like 90,000. So, so this is really a tragic set of circumstances that we really have to work hard to to fight, and uh, from every angle, you know, working on the border, uh, enforcement uh, through informants, uh, you know, uh, you name it, everything that we can put into it, we should, because so many people are dying from this. It it really is a, a sad set of circumstances. It is a sad set of circumstances. You're right. And, you know, we, we used to have this image, most of us, of the, quote, junkie, right? Some guy with long hair and he's in an alley with the needle and you're thinking no no this is your neighbor your your uh, your co-worker who had a had a back injury had a had a tooth removed and all of a sudden finds himself herself dependent on this stuff and then you know we're we're dealing with the cartels well i'll tell you what one of the ladies that we had we had a a mom on the panel who lost her son about a year and a half ago he was away at college and he uh he had double pneumonia and his friend said oh I can help you with that. I'll give you a Percocet. And uh, Percocet was not a real Percocet. I don't even know if his uh, you know, roommate that gave it to him knew that uh, because these look so real, but it was laced with fentanyl. And he passed away as a result of that. You know, So, so you're right. A lot of the stuff is accidental. Uh, as a lot of it's not. But, but these, uh, it's just a matter of really clamping down on this. And, you know, it's all coming from really two places in Mexico. It's from coming from the Lisco uh, cartel and from the Sinaloa cartels. So you got two locations down there that are really the, the producers and the uh, traffickers of this. And, you know, of course, the chemicals coming in from China, 
to Mexico to make this. And uh, so it's it's not like we don't know where it's coming from. Uh, we really have to work with uh, our Mexican counterparts and mm-hmm. and the border and our, our agents and, and education uh, and let people know exactly what's going on behind us to try to get a handle on this because it really is uh, it's awful. It's what we're seeing is absolutely awful out there. It is absolutely awful. And I, I have to think that the people of Loudoun can look uh, to you and say, wow, uh, you're, you're you're fighting the fight. You just picked up, uh, I know, uh, my old buddy Bob Mosier now, the lieutenant colonel in, uh, in your office. That's that that's a pretty big get to go from uh, public safety secretary for the Commonwealth and saying, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be on the team in Loudoun. That's pretty good. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm so proud of the team that we have. I mean, from top to bottom, we have an all-star cast. And, uh, you know, our, our citizen ratings here usually average between, you know, 85 and 95 percent uh, for citizen satisfaction. And internally, we actually had a rating because the ICP studied the police department issue and found out that we had an internal satisfaction rating of 89 percent. And I'd put those numbers up against really uh, any law enforcement agency uh, across the country and most private sector businesses, you know, to have to have that much job satisfaction. But it's because we take a lot of pride in what we do. We have very, very good people. Uh, we have a great reputation. We're getting police officers and sheriff's deputies uh, from all kinds of departments that are coming here. And even though the pay may be equal or maybe even a little bit less, they like the reputation that we have. They like the fact that we're so engaged with the community that we serve that they're coming over. You know, I interview everybody that comes on this job or try to interview just about everybody that comes on this job. And one of the main reasons that people come here is because they love our community engagement. And I think that that makes all the difference, the trust that people have in us, the fact that we take it seriously. I see every complaint and every compliment that comes in online every single day. And then I assign them, and sometimes I'll call people back, and they're like, is this the sheriff, really? I'm like, yeah, it's the sheriff. Yeah, I, I wanted to answer your question. You had a question about this or that, you know, and this is this is why we do what we do. So, uh, so there is no barrier. There is no... Um, middlemen here there's not a whole bunch of bureaucrats between us and the people that we serve it's just us and the people that we serve our citizens and that's it and we we really care deeply about making sure we're we're giving the best service we can possibly do well i love it listen i i appreciate you making a couple of moments to uh, to chat with us and uh letting me offer my congratulations to you for that uh, huge award 2023 sheriff of the year uh, and people should know that's the National Sheriff's Association. So you got 3,000 sheriffs around America all looked at uh, Mike Chapman and Loud and said, he's the guy. That is a neat, neat accomplishment. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. That is Sheriff Mike Chapman from uh, up the road in Loudoun County. It is 346. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.